Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. He's so good. Hello, everyone. God bless you and happy Sunday. As we say every week, boy, do we miss you. We miss seeing your faces. We miss being together. I can't wait for the day when we're back together in the house of God, worshiping Him. But until then, it's so good that we can connect this way. And I trust and pray that already you have felt a a, a beautiful manifestation of the presence of God in your home as we worship the Lord and as we sought the Lord. And what we're gonna do right now is take the offering. This is a free will offering. This is a moment when we give to the Lord because he's been so good to us. And in a moment, I want us to pray, but I wanna play a video for you because we had something really exciting happened uh, last week. We partnered together with Convoy of Hope with actually the mayor came, the mayor uh, and and her team came and we were very honored to host her. And then our two aldermen, which have been such wonderful um, uh, public servants to us. And so we all joined together and we fed uh, over 500 families. Convoy of Hope provided boxes of food. We had to pack them our incredible team of uh, volunteers packed over 500 boxes with 50 pounds of food each and people rolled up. You're gonna see it in the video and we were able to fill their cars and tell them we love you and tell them that the Lord, that Jesus cares and that CT cares. So watch this before we go to the Lord in prayer.
Praise the Lord. Isn't the Lord good? God is good. Hey, you know, I just want to clap my hands. Come on, come on, put your hands together right in your house and clap to the Lord for his goodness and his faithfulness. And right now, we're just going to pray. And every time we give, we give for the furtherance of the kingdom. And there are so many different ways that we further the kingdom of God through amazing opportunities like this. And by the way, before we pray, I do want to say this. I want to thank all of our volunteers that came. You guys did such an amazing job. And it was such a blessing and such a powerful testimony to the love of Jesus. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. And Lord, as we come before you today, Lord, we acknowledge that all of the days that are behind us, you have been faithful. You've taken care of us. You've provided for us. You've fed us. You've clothed us, oh God. You've given us shelter. And Lord, even throughout this crisis, your loving kindness and your mercies are watching over us. Thank you for every meal. Thank you for every unique way and every practical way that you meet our needs. Lord, we love you from the bottom of our hearts and we declare our dependence upon you, Lord. You're the one that always takes care of us. And so, Lord, we give this offering with deep gratitude to you. We're so grateful, Lord. Your kindness, your love, your faithfulness, it just amazes us. It amazes me, Lord. Would you bless this offering? Lord, would you put your hand on it and would you use it? Lord, there were more families, Lord, that needed boxes. God, help us to send a box of love to someone. And God, help us to meet all of the needs of your kingdom as you take the little that we bring to you and as you bless it. And Father, as you're doing that, we all touch and agree and we ask that the windows of heaven would be open to all of your people. Would you rain down supernatural provision today and in the days ahead should you tarry. Meet needs in supernatural ways and in practical ways. It's all you. Thank you for your open, generous hands. We love you and we praise you in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God bless you as you give. Praise the Lord. Okay, so today we will be continuing on our series titled, Are You Ready? And this is a deep burden of my heart, is are you ready for trying days like these? Uh, these are really difficult times for all of us, and it's our responsibility, my wife and I, all of the leaders of the church, we feel a great responsibility to make sure that you are ready. So here's a great question, are you ready? Are you ready to stand strong and to be victorious and to bring Jesus' glory through your life, even in uh, days like we're facing right now with the COVID-19 crisis. Now, 
What I want to do to bridge last week's message, uh, uh, which was titled, Are You on Top of Your Thoughts? And if you haven't listened to that message, please go ahead and do so. So what we want to do to bridge both messages is I need to give you an illustration. And this particular illustration is kind of a hot topic. Um, And here's what I need you to do. I need you to promise me right now that after I finish with the illustration, you're going to move on with me to the message. Okay, because... What I'm going to be talking about is a very personal issue that we at Chicago Tabernacle are facing. Um, But next week, should the Lord tarry next month, next year, there'll be another issue. Okay, so today, even though I'm going to bring up a hot topic, I need you to move on because you have your issues and we want to make sure that you're ready, that you know how to be strong and blessed, to be fruitful, and to be an agent of multiplication despite the the craziness that is uh, swirling around your life. And so uh, with that said, I I want everyone to say with me, say, Pastor, I promise to move on with you. All right. So remember, you gave your word. So let's talk about this. So right now, the pressure seems to be mounting in the country, but especially for me and for the leaders of our church in Chicago. We pastors, we leaders, the board of our church, we need you to pray that the Lord would give us wisdom and discernment because we are praying about how we will respond to uh, the governor and the mayor's position on uh, whether churches can open or closed. Uh, Right now, Um, The best that we have is we probably can't open uh, according to them until really to have real church, really till the end of the year and and perhaps even further on. And I was so thankful that even though I'd never met the mayor before, she actually was here on Saturday and uh, um, uh, last Saturday, and I got to look her in the eyes and say, Um, we are praying for you. But nonetheless, we have this tension, and I was able to speak to one of the mayor's representatives, and just real straight up, for me, part of our challenge is this. The Bible is abundantly clear. Do not forsake the gathering of the saints. Now, we have to balance that with your safety, which is our highest concern. Okay, we recognize that this is real. And so we tried our best to honor the shelter-in-place policies, you know, to the T, to the best of our abilities. But our challenge right now is that as, as, um, as the cities begin to open, as our city begins to open, um, one of the questions that I was asking is, wait a second now, I will respect any science as long as it's true science, and I need to understand it. Help me to understand how Home Depot could have 500 cars in their parking lot, or even more so, Binnie's Beverage Depot, I think it's called. How could they have three or 400 cars in their parking lot, and then you look at us and the church has to remain closed? That is a question that needs to be answered as we pray about these days. Obviously, the last thing that we wanna do is disobey um, something that the authorities of the land are saying. But we are praying about this. 
And the truth of the matter is, is that even in this past weekend, we know that uh, the mayor has threatened to find churches that open before they allow churches to open. Um, they've already kind of been blocking our brothers. Our, uh, you know, one of our uh, sister churches, these people are Christians um, in the city. They kind of removed all the parking privileges uh, uh, during their worship times. And so this thing, brothers and sisters, is really on. And what we have to do is we have to pray. This is not just the COVID crisis, but this is a leadership crisis. This is a testimony crisis for the church. And so, uh, now remember, you're going to keep going with me, but here's what we're going to do. I want to give you a, a couple of things to think about as we're processing all of these things. Okay, so first of all, what are we going to do? Okay, first of all, we're going to pray for our leaders. We will pray for our leaders. Let's, Proverbs 21.1 says, In the Lord's hand, the king's heart is a stream of water that he channels toward all who he pleases. God is able to turn the hearts of our leaders. The first thing the church is responsible to do is to pray for our leaders. I believe that God could put in the governor's heart, in the mayor's heart, a better plan. I believe that God could help them to communicate more clearly to us so that we could understand. We don't know everything. We must respect our authorities. But what we need to do is to pray for their hearts. If you're a Christian, I'm speaking as your pastor today, okay? Before you criticize authority, please pray for them. Because that's what the Bible teaches. We're here to pray for our leaders, the mayor and the governor. They are not my enemy. They're not the church's enemy. They're not your enemy. I have no idea what is happening in their minds, what they're thinking about. They may sincerely believe that they're doing the best that, they're can, that they can. Okay, so we need to pray. I do believe that the church has to open. Sooner or later, we cannot, there is a biblical principle that says, do not forsake the gathering of the saints. And so sooner or later, this question has to be answered and it just can't be indefinitely that Binney's is open and the church is not open. So we pray. Secondly, here's what we're gonna do. We will pray for ourselves. Look at what the Bible says, Ecclesiastes 8, 6. By the way, uh, if, if you're not taking notes, please go to the app and, and read these verses and maybe in this particular case, read chapter, read Ecclesiastes 8, 1 through 6 to get the full context. But listen to this, for there is a proper time and procedure for every matter, though a person may be weighed down by misery. Even though we may feel misery on our hearts, there is a proper time and procedure. And in, early in this passage, it says, don't rush out of the king's presence because the king will do whatever he wants. All right, so this, this church doesn't need my opinion. This church needs God's directive, okay? And so what I need and what the leaders need is for God to show up and to show us. 
There is a proper time, so there's a timing to the will of God, and there's a proper procedure, so there's a process to the will of God. We want both no matter how we feel. That's what we're looking for. That's what we are desiring. And I hope that as I'm saying this, okay, I hope that, that as I'm saying this, I hope that you are, are bearing witness and saying amen because that's the word of God. So just so that you know, I do not want to get out of step with God's will. I'm praying for the church, I'm praying for our leaders, and I'm praying for God to show us what to do and how to respond. Okay, one more thing, here's what we're going to do, okay? What we're gonna do is we will be slow to speak. Everybody say slow to speak. We will be slow to speak because this is what the Bible tells us. Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone, when the Bible says everyone, then you should say that means me. Everyone should be slow to, uh, should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. So we have to be on top of our thoughts and we have to be slow to speak. You know, can I just say a couple of things to you about this? First of all, we're not trying to make a name for ourselves. Okay, we're not, we don't need to be heard by everyone. What we need to do is slow down and speak what God wants us to speak. We have to be very, very careful that we're not following the wrong examples. We need to be the kind of believers. Christians are here to honor God. You've heard me, if you're at this church, you've heard me uh, many times. You've heard my wife say this and other leaders. May the name of Alan Christie Toledo perish. May the name of Chicago Tabernacle perish. We're not here to represent ourselves. We are here to represent Jesus. We want Jesus to be exalted. We want Jesus to be glorified no matter what it is. So brothers and sisters, let me give you a piece of advice. Be slow to speak. Listen, listen to what is happening and listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying. You know, just on a super practical note, I learned this playing baseball, okay? I learned this when I was 12 years old. Sometimes the guys with the biggest mouths had the smallest games, okay? Let's not talk a lot. Let's do what the Lord has called us to do. If you consider yourself a leader, all right, listen. Instead of having a lot of talk, make sure you have a lot of Bible and that you're really processing in God's presence. Here's the last thing. Um, well, two more things. Just because we may not be out front talking, it doesn't mean that we're not praying and preparing. Okay? We're just not talking. But we are praying, we are preparing. And then lastly, I want to say this. If, this is why we have to be slow to speak, if we find ourselves in a place where we obey, uh, disobey, 
our leaders, the leaders, the authorities of this uh, city and of this state. If we find ourselves in a place where we disobey, I want you to know this. We will do it with broken hearts, but with a resolute conviction that God is leading us this way. So this is serious, sacred stuff. This past week, Ravi Zacharias died. And he's such, he was such a giant man of God. I mean, he was a giant. And, and I, when, when I heard the news, I, sat, I, was, I just sat on the stairs. I was like, I can't believe that he's gone, but he's been promoted. He's in glory. And he ran the race so well. So listen to this. His daughter posted about it. And this is what you need. This is a, one of the things that you should be thinking about. So his daughter posted about it. And here's a little excerpt of what she said. She said, um, she said, it was his savior, Jesus Christ, that my dad always wanted most. It was his savior, Jesus Christ, that my dad always wanted most to talk about. Even in his final days, until he lacked the energy and breath to speak, he turned every conversation to Jesus and what the Lord had done. And you know what I think about as we go to respond to days like these? My grandchildren, one day, if they hear that their grandfather disobeyed, I want to make sure that they understood that we wanted to honor God. And that's why we, we handle these things in a very sacred way, in a very sober, serious way. We don't just blather. And can I, can I just say this? Uh, 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 by the way, we still have a sermon. So can I just, I got to remind myself that. <laughs> Look, I read, uh, what's his name? I read Malcolm X's biography, and I also read, Dr. King's biography. I read both of them. And honestly, um, as you watch Malcolm X's life unfold, for me, there was a, um, a, just a, a, a desire that I had for him because I felt like he was sincere. He was running with people. And then when he, when he recognized that they were not living up to what they were espousing, he called it out. He called it out. He went to the Middle East and he saw Muslims that were black and white and he called that out. He said, we've had this all wrong. And little by little, I believe if he would have lived a little longer, he probably would have met Jesus. You know, but, I, but at the same time, Malcolm X was sincerely wrong. He was saying by any means necessary. And then you have Dr. King. So Dr. King was fighting against the same issue, but he did it in a different way. Okay, and I have, I've read his sermon, not all of them, I've read sermons, I've read speeches. And can I tell you something? Even though Dr. King was so direct, he did not mince words. I never ever could read or what I've, small, that I've heard, I never read one bitter word. 
I never read one bitter word. Please. This is why today's message is really so important. Okay, don't let this world taint your testimony. We are in this world, but we're not of this world. And I hope everybody can say amen. Now the sermon. So, so what are we talking about here? So, so this is my week. This is what we're dealing with. Are you ready? Are you ready for days of pressure like this? Okay, how do you handle um, struggles and challenges? Yours are different. Yours are this plus a whole host of other things. How do you handle difficulties like this? So last week we said, we asked the question, are you on top of your thoughts? And this week, we're going to ask the question, it's sermon time, keep going with me. Are you promised? So this week, we ask the question, do you cross over? Do you cross over? That's the title of my message today. And can I tell you something? The answer to this question is so huge and so significant. When I pray for you, I want to know, are you crossing over? This is a big, big deal. The sermon won't be super long, so stick with me. But this is a big deal for how do, you, how do you handle stuff like this, but walk in the joy of the Lord, walk in the peace of God, not be walking around your house with anger and strife and, and, and tension. How do you do that? You have to cross over. Now, when I think of crossing over, I think about Things like people crossing the street on the crosswalk. It means that you go from one side of the street uh, uh, to the other. Or um, maybe crossing a boundary line. When I was a kid, I used to live on the Brooklyn side of, of, uh, uh, of the Brooklyn Bridge. And I used to run from my house and I would Cross the bridge. I remember going over the middle of the Brooklyn, Brooklyn Bridge. I was 12 years old and thinking, oh, now I'm like in Manhattan. And then when I got to Manhattan, I would put my hand on the Twin Towers and run back home. So when you think about crossing over, there's a boundary line, for example, that you could cross over. And just because of the docu-series, The Last Dance, maybe when I say cross over, you think about MJ crossing somebody over, going one direction, whoop, there he goes. But either way, when you think about crossing over, you are in the understanding that you're going from one place or one state into another, okay? And what I'm talking about today is, do you cross over in worship? Did you cross over this morning? Have you crossed over this past week? Because I'm telling you right now, if you cross over, you will be ready to handle these difficult days. If you cross over in worship into the presence of the Most High God, you can deal with anything. There are times of refreshing in the presence of the Lord. There are powerful, amazing things that God will deposit in your spirit, in your soul, in your heart when you cross over in worship, and you, really, and you really enter in to the presence of God. 
And so that's what we're gonna be talking about. See, it's not the difficult days. We have Christ in us, the hope of glory. It's not the circumstances. It's not the meeting with the mayor or the meeting with your boss or the battle here or the battle there. What really matters is did you take advantage of the invitation to come boldly to the throne of grace, to enter into the presence of the king? Hallelujah. I guarantee you, when you're in God's presence, everything changes. So we're going to go through a text very quickly here. It's John chapter 4. And I only want to read two verses to you. Um, uh, but it's a full story. I want to give you very quickly um, the context of this story. Jesus is talking to this woman, a woman at a well. And this woman had five husbands in her past. Okay? And she was actually full of shame. She went to the well in the middle of the day, in the hottest part of the day, because she knew people didn't go to the well at that time of the day. And she just didn't want to deal with the, the way people would look at her or the whispers they would make about her. So she goes into the middle of the day. Now, Jesus, who knows all things, he knows exactly where you are right now and where you're going to be, you know, two hours from now and two weeks from now, should, should he tarry. Jesus knows all things. Previously, Jesus says, I need to go to Samaria. Now, most, uh, quote, self-respecting Jews would never even cross that boundary because they felt like they were not clean people, but Jesus didn't care about that because, hallelujah, Jesus came to cleanse all people. So he crosses the boundaries. He goes to the well. He's sitting there. Jesus goes to meet her. Can I tell you something? Jesus wants to meet you today. It doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Jesus wants to meet you today. Hallelujah. Little bit more. So, so five husbands, full of shame. Jesus goes to meet her. They talk about a number of things, but here's one of the things that they talked about. They discussed worship. So they talked about worship. Okay, so with that context, here's, here's the, here are the verses. John chapter four. Here's the culmination. And this is the key for us to understand how to cross over. So Jesus said, yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers, everyone say true worshipers, because that, that's important. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in the truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. These two verses are a mouthful. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. Let me pray. Father, thank you for this amazing day. Thank you for this time that we as your people can gather around your word. And your word Lord, leads us and guides us. Your word feeds us. Father, would you feed us right now? Would you 
Help us to get on top of our thoughts and would you teach us to cross over into your presence. Bless this word. Help me, God. Take hold of my mouth and my heart and my mind. Speak to your people. Oh God, make us ready. We love you and we praise you and we thank you. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So here Jesus is talking about, about crossing over and he's mentioning that it is possible for us to actually cross over in the spirit. We can get in the spirit. We can worship God in the spirit and we can make a deep and powerful connection with God. So here's what he's, here's what he's fundamentally saying. It's really one point with a close. And, and here it is. It's first of all, worship is only true when we cross over. Worship is only true when we cross over. There's a lot of things that people do in the, and that's called worship. But if it's not in the spirit, it's not worship. If there can be true worship, then there can be false worship. So when do you cross over? You cross over when you worship in the spirit and in the truth. So what is worship? Very important. Worship is prostrating oneself or bowing. In a lot of ways, the big picture word in this definition is bowing. Not bowing physically alone, although that could be part of worship, but it means bowing in your heart. It means reaching from our hearts and from our spirit in adoration, praise, and surrender. Worship means that you bow. Worship means that you come into the presence of the almighty king and you bow and you say, I praise you. I give you the credit for every good thing and I adore you for who you are. I adore you for your glorious, uh, oh Lord, majestic being, oh God. There's no one like you. You're the creator of all things. You're the lover of our soul. You're the strength of our heart and our lives and we adore you and we praise you and we surrender to you. Worship means that you bow and it means that there's something very, very deep that's taking place. I'm talking about deep, brothers and sisters. But it's an amazing thing. If you will cross the line and worship and really bow in your hearts, then everything changes. Look at what uh, A.W. Tozer said about this. He said, here, talking about this text, the nature of worship is shown to be wholly spiritual. Okay, true religion is removed from diet and days, from garments and ceremonies, and placed where it belongs. Jesus is placing worship where it belongs in the union of the spirit of man with the spirit of God. Think about what that means. When we bow, our spirit can be united with the spirit of God. We have Christ in us, the hope of glory, but there is a powerful transaction that takes place when we bow in worship. Have you crossed over lately? Because I'm telling you right now, when you cross over, everything changes. 
You see, as your pastor, I love you, and I'm telling you right now, if you are crossing over, I know you're doing good. I know all is well. If you learn how to worship, if you learn how to get into the presence of God, no matter what the storm, no matter what the crisis, no matter what is, is swirling around your life, if you just learn how to bow your heart and enter his presence, it's all going to be good because our God is a faithful God. Now, I want to take a minute and talk about false worship or why people don't enter into true worship. And before I do that, I got another little chart for you today. I want to give you two quick stories. So I was talking to Pastor Jake about this. And Pastor Jake's first exposure to kind of like real kind of evangelical type preaching, preaching of the gospel, or one of his first exposures was when he was in school as a kid I think in high school, and one of the coaches was a, was a Christian, and since he was driving the van, he would play sermon tapes. And uh, so he would pop in these tapes, and in the beginning, he said they were kind of annoyed by it, but then they started to listen, and they were like, hey, this is pretty good. But it turns out that there was a guy on the team who actually went to the church. So Jake was like, wait a second, I have a problem with this. Because the guy was in the bus almost quoting verbatim the things that the pastor was saying as if he heard the sermon. The only problem is, is the guy was like, he did drugs, he didn't go to class, he did all of these things. It was just an absolute mess. So Pastor Jake is going, wait a second, this does not compute. You see, you can have a cultural understanding of God. You can have a cultural practice and you could even quote the Bible, but never cross over. Now I want to take it on the flip side, an experience. I preached at a camp, a Christian camp, and you know, from the looks of it, I would assume most of the people there were on the more fortunate side. And I'm speaking in, a, in, a, in one of the, I spoke three or four times there, and so I was speaking about when David had this huge crisis, but the Lord delivered him. And they were not necessarily more kind of emotive in their, quote, worship. But something happened. At the end of the time, I said, maybe you find yourself in a crisis. I made an altar call. Maybe you're struggling. Maybe you're really going through. Maybe your family is, is being hit by a storm. Maybe something has been stolen from you the way it was stolen from David. And if that's you, guess what? The body of Christ, we pray together. We're going to touch and agree. And, and, but just stand up so we know who to pray for. And people stood up all over this room and some people were crying. And I said, now listen, whether you know this or not, God is here with us. Let's reach out. Let's begin to pray. And those people began to pray. And I'm telling you, the presence of God rushed in. It was so powerful. An amazing time in God. But here's what happened. Right at the end, please listen closely. This man, no, he was older. Okay, he was clearly uh, well, clearly, I would assume that he was well-to-do. He, you know, all of these things. And he comes out to me. Here's what he said to me. He said to me, hey, that was a good, I, I liked your message. He goes, I'm more into word studies, but I liked your message. And I thought to myself, did you just miss what happened? People were meeting with God. But see, you can have an intellectual um, perspective of God and everything is all in your head in the word studies and the Greek and the Hebrew but you never cross over you see but Jesus said a time is coming and has now come brothers and sisters if there was ever a time for us to worship it's right here and right now
If there was ever a time for us to cross over, it's right here, right now. We need Jesus. We need the presence of God. We need to be close to the Father. We need to cross over. We need to leave this world. Yes, we are in this world, but we're not of this world. And something, I don't understand it all. I can't explain it to you, but I'm telling you right now, you can worship in spirit and in truth. And when you leave the presence of God, you say, I don't know how to explain it, but I just know my heart is good. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So look, real quickly, real quickly, why don't people cross over? So first of all, a lot of people don't cross over because of shame. They just feel, they have these feelings of being unworthy. They're condemned. They feel like God doesn't want me to worship him. If I lift my hands and I praise God, then God will say, I know what you did two hours ago. I know what you did yesterday. I know the kind of life that, that you're living. You know, get out of my face. Well, let me tell you something. Every single day at your worst moment, God is always worthy to be worshiped. And when you come to him and you bow, a lot of powerful things are happening. It doesn't matter what you did yesterday. It's what you do now in his presence. Cross over, surrender. He'll cleanse you. He'll free you. He'll raise you up if you will cross over. The shame is not of God. It, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So the next time you have an impulse to worship God, respond to that impulse and don't listen to anything that, that says you're not worthy. No one is worthy. Another reason why people uh, may not uh, worship, like really cross over, is because of tradition and ritual. It's, in other words, it's more like form without heart. Some people love the pageantry of church. Some people love the things that go on in church, but they're not engaging with their hearts. When you're in the presence of Jesus, it's not like this. It's from your heart. It's from your spirit. It's like this. It's clap your hands, all you people. Shout to the Lord, the most high God. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. God is not interested in our pageantry. He's not interested in our sacrifice. He's not interested in our rituals. He's interested in our hearts. Us lifting our hearts to him and bowing down. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We're almost done here. Here's another reason. Another reason is just flat out pride. See, some people actually feel like they are already in authority. Some people feel like what I have, how I'm doing, it's because of me, right? And so therefore, I have no problem going to church or I have no problem even listening to a sermon, but I don't bow my heart to anyone. I sit on the throne of my heart. And let me tell you something, that is the biggest mistake because the Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from above. It's the kindness of God that leads men to repentance. Don't mistake God's kindness for your goodness. He's just kind. He's just blessed you. You're just gifted, but your gifting comes from God. And a lot of people say, I'm so gifted, I'm so capable that I don't cross over. But he invites you to come, which I want to close with in a moment.
Here's the last thing, if the musicians could come. People don't cross over because in a way there, there's a fear of the unknown they don't understand. Maybe you're a baby Christian and you're like, what in the world are they doing? I remember the first time I went to the church, I went to the Brooklyn Tabernacle, and I remember people had their hands raised and people were like shouting to God and all of these things were going on. I'm just a kid from Brooklyn, never knew anything about church. And as they reached out to God, sooner or later, I began to understand that the reason there were tears rolling down their faces is because they were reaching from a deep place on the inside. What does worship mean? You don't have to understand it. You don't have to have all the theological uh, clarity. All you need to do is reach from your heart, is bow in your heart, is to acknowledge that he's great and he's glorious. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, as we go to close, why? Why do we worship? Why is this mystical, invisible, and yet supernatural thing so important? Why is crossing over so important? Here's why. It's because the Father seeks it. Okay? The Father is longing for you to cross over. The text literally says that, number one, the time has come now that we have to worship, but our worship has to be in spirit. We have to cross over into the spirit and in truth. And then number two, he says, the Father seeks the type of worshipers that worship in spirit and in truth. The type of worshipers that bow down the type of worshipers that declare his glory and his praise. The best thing that you could do if you're in a storm is go in your bedroom, lock the door, lift your hands, and begin to worship. When the praises go up, I'm telling you right now, the walls come down. When the praises go up, the devil rushes out. When the praises go up, God inhabits the praises of his people. You see, the Father is longing for those that worship. He's longing for you to cross over today. If you want to please God, cross over today. I'm glad you listened to a sermon, but go into the presence of God on your own and meet your loving Heavenly Father. Cross over. Acknowledge him. Glorify him. Bow down your heart to him. Everything will change. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Listen, here's, here's, what, uh, here's what God knows. God knows that worship frees us from our carnal tendencies and frees us from the power of earthly stress and pressure. So let's go back. Let's go leave that up there for a moment. Let's go back for a second. Okay? So we've got all of this stuff swirling in the city. Right? But you go into the presence of God and you worship God and you bow down before God and God gives you clarity, God gives you peace, God gives you joy. You don't overreact, you don't stress out. Do you realize in the scriptures the greatest warriors were the worshipers? Do you realize that Joshua, the Bible says that Moses would go into the tent of meeting to meet with God and so would Joshua. Joshua would be the great mighty leader 
okay? He was gonna be the, the one who would lead them into battle over and over and over again. And the Bible says that Joshua would remain in the tent of meeting. Because, and because he stayed in the presence of God and he just worshiped God, he had the calm and the clarity, the composure, the ability to hear the voice of God, to know what God wanted him to do. In fact, before, when they crossed over into the promised land, Joshua meets the captain of the Lord's army. Brothers and sisters, remember this. And Joshua comes to him and he says, are you for us? Are you against us? Think about how we could take that question and lay it over this day. Are you in agreement with this? Are you in agreement for that? Are you for these people or for you that group? What group are you for? And you know what God said? He said, neither. But as the captain of the Lord's army, I have now come. And what did Joshua do? He fell on his face. He bowed down and he worshiped. And after he worshiped, when he got up, then he was led by God. When you get out of the presence of God, then you're ready to speak for God. Then you're ready to do the will of God. When we bow down in his presence, it's not just that worship pleases God, it's that the Father knows is that his presence is what we need. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'll close with this. Psalm 92 says, It's good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High. Watch this. Proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night. Go tonight, and before you put your head on the pillow, worship, and say thank you for your faithfulness today. And when you wake up in the morning, hallelujah, say thank you for your love today. Proclaim his love in the morning and his faithfulness at night. Bow down in your heart and he will get you ready. Bow down in your heart and you will have everything that you need. When the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, it literally means worship first. Brothers and sisters, worship first. And all things will be added unto you. The singers will come. You gotta learn how to cross over. You gotta learn how to cross over, don't let anything, any fear, any lie, any past, don't let anything stop you from crossing over. Maybe you've been serving the Lord for 40 years. Let me tell you something, you can always go deeper in God and have a richer experience in His presence. But what has to happen? We have to cross over. The Father is searching for us right now. Think about God looking at the whole globe and his eyes are looking for those that want to worship him in spirit and in truth. Lift your hands. Even if you've never lifted your hands before, let me teach you. Lift your hands. The Bible says that we should lift our hands to God and we should worship him and we should glorify him and magnify him. Hallelujah. We want to give Jesus the glory and the honor and the praise and we want His glory to fill the earth. We want His Spirit to be poured down. Hallelujah. And we enter His gates. Hallelujah. You're a good, good Father. We proclaim Your love today, Lord Jesus. We magnify You. We love You, Lord. We love You. 
We're so thankful that we have you and that we can come to you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let all the glory, let all the focus go to you, Lord Jesus, you heavenly Father. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will not be silent. I will always worship
love you. Your children love you, Lord. Your children depend upon you, Lord. Your children look to you. We look to you, oh God. We look to you, oh Lord. Lord, we join together, Lord. We bow our hearts in adoration. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We bow our hearts in praise. You're worthy to be praised. You're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Praise awaits you here. When you look down from heaven, Lord. Lord, we're here. We long to worship you in spirit and in truth, oh God. Hallelujah. We love you. We love you, Lord. Lord, we love you. We bow our hearts before you. Lord, we know that worship is one of the great occupations of heaven. And we want you to know it's also one of, one of the great occupations of your children. We bow our hearts today. God, we set aside our worries, our cares, our challenges. And we worship you. And we know, Lord, that no one who looks to you is ever put to shame. So to you, O oh Lord, we lift up our souls. To you, O oh Lord, we give praise. Take care, Father. Father, take care of your people. Take care of your church. Pour your mercy upon the earth. Come, Lord Jesus. We know it's soon. We long to see you face to face. But until then, Lord, we will worship you. We will proclaim your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night. Bless your people, God. God, release, Lord, everyone that's hearing and receiving this word. God, help us to cross over today and tomorrow should you tarry in the next day and the next day, every day, Lord, would you help us, no matter what's happening, to cross over into your presence. Bless your people now. May the calm, may the favor, may the smile of heaven be upon every household, no matter where your people find themselves, a car, an office, a park, a home. Bless your people. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. We love you so, so much. We'll see you Tuesday. God bless you. Amen. Hallelujah.